everyone, it's me, your host, Sam Domboski. I know what you're thinking right now. Where's that killer theme song with the egg shaker? That's the only reason I'm here. Well, don't worry. Uh, You're going to get to hear that in a second. But first, a little bit of an update. We are going to be taking a wee hiatus. So there won't be any episodes coming out in June. We will be back on July 3rd because Mama got big projects to do. And in an effort to not have it be a future episode of Here's What You Don't Do, uh, we're going to get ahead of the curve and be prepared. Um, So enjoy this episode. Uh, We will be back on July 3rd, all fresh and sprightly and ready to go. Um, And yeah, dear listeners, uh, if you have a story that you think you would like to share, something to talk about, we have an email. I don't think I've ever said it out loud on here before. Uh, it's podcast at gmail.com. So, like, you know, just shoot us an email. T- tell us how great we are. Um, or tell us if you got a story or, you know, whatever you feel like saying. I don't know. We're here to listen. That's what we do. Um, gosh, I think you got anything, Rob? Uh, no, just want everyone to know that we'll be back just in time to get you ready for Independence Day. My gosh, you're right. You're going to feel especially independent. As you're trudging through the grocery store, buying bags of ice and packages of hot dogs. Those pies that are like half cherry and half blueberry and then they put too much whipped cream on top because they want to make it look like a flag yeah (laughs) rather than (laughs) having to engage with the public you'll be able to put this in your ears (laughs) have it playing pick out your pies get ready for fireworks um from us and from the holiday (laughs) did them All right, you know what? We're going to let you get to the episode. That's what you're here for. Um, The guitar should be starting right about... Life is a piece of cake With layers defined by our mistakes So happy birthday Hooray! Blow the candles out Start another year. Here's what you you don't don't do. Is that good or should we? Okay, how are the levels? They look good. You guys, you guys are good to go. Uh, You can start whenever you like. Okay, refreshing, like that mountain spring (sighs) that the jug came from. Mm -hmm. There's a jug with a bung. Oh, with a bung? Mm -hmm. Oh, the bung. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, is that like a bong from the um, Midwest? <laughs> <laughs> you want to light up that there bung? Take a hit of the bung. Take a hit off that bung. <laughs> Help yourself. <laughs> Anyone can come take a hit of the bung. <laughs> no, bung's uh, actually the name for the, the, like the spigoty thing on a thing that's got, because oh. that's a bunghole. It's actually. Oh, yeah. wow. I like on a keg. 
You got, yeah. a little, you got the bunghole bun. I had no idea. You know, I don't know why I looked that up at one point. <laughs> oh, you, look, you didn't know what it was called, so you looked it up. No, I actually deliberately <laughs> looked up the term for it, and I could not tell you why. I guess I just would assume it's called a spigot or something, or like a, I don't know. I mean, I think that works too, but it's not as fun. No, not not a specific, because a spigot is anything, but a, a bung is... Bung. Yeah, a bung. <laughs> I like to think spigot came up afterwards. Like it was just called a bung and a bung hole, and then someone's like, I don't like the way bung sounds. <laughs> this is very suggestive. Let's come up with another word. Spigot. Spigot. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> Something completely different. Spigot. Spigot. Open the spigot. All right, we're here to talk about serious things. <laughs> Everyone get serious. <clears throat> Rob, are you serious too? Are you serious? Cool. Uh, really serious, serious, serious thumbs up. <laughs> so hard to pick stuff up. Okay, before we like really, really start, uh-huh, uh-huh, why uh-huh. why does it say men's on the computer? Oh uh, yeah. Um. But okay, Rob, you do it. I'm uh, being serious. Just so you guys have a general idea of like time when we hit 30 minutes from oh. when we started the show, I'll just write 30. And then every 10 minutes, I'll update it. Oh, wow. Just so you have, like, an idea. It's like the red light that you don't see at the end of a show. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Except this really is just for, like, looking at, like, oh, that many minutes. That's nice. We don't have a red light. Yeah, that's really, really nice. Our red Red light light. is sunset. Yeah, every once in a while I see the red light, but not usually. Um, You should start doing flashing LEDs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hey, everybody. Hey, hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, welcome to Here's What You Don't Do, the podcast where uh, we get together <laughs> and we reflect on all the horrible things that we've messed up or just didn't handle very well or just mm. kind of, you know, botched in the moment. Everyone has them. Everyone has them. It's that's true. The, that's the point. It's like a belly button. <laughs> you know, you don't get into life. It's Belly like, buttons and fuck ups. <laughs> they all look a little different. Um, some are more noticeable than others. Um, but everybody, you don't get you don't get to do life without without having it. So, shit, Kaylee, you are way better at this than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sam Domboski. I'm your official host. Uh, you're hearing Kaylee, the new and improved host. That's right. Hello. <laughs> I laugh into the mic so you know I like things. Ah, <laughs> ah. Um, over at the machinery is Rob Tunstall. Hi, Rob. Hi. Hey. 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 Cool. Cool. <laughs> cool. Cool, Rob. <laughs> Rob is the second best host in the room. <laughs> oh, thanks. You're welcome. The sun's out. We don't normally do this. The, with sun, the sun is out. out. I oh, think that's so why nice. we're so like giggly and everyone's voices are high. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Yeah. And also we're drinking bubbly drinks. That's probably part of it. Bubbles. Well, and I have <laughs> just for the record. Yeah, Kaylee's drinking one bubbly drink and three assorted others. <laughs> I have flat water, um, a finished smoothie. I'm scraping the sides of um, an almond milk espresso. This is important. And um, a, a cola flavor LaCroix. Love it. 
Thank you. I drank half a pot of coffee before I got here. Oh, fuck yeah. That might be why I'm so peppy. <laughs> no. <laughs> the sun's out and my heart's going to stop any moment. <laughs> Nothing ah. makes you feel more alive. <laughs> <laughs> that almost die. <laughs> Yay. Okay. All right. Woo. Yeah. Let's get going. Actually, before we, uh, before we really get into it. Mm. Everyone, everyone in the room, Kaylee, Rob. Oh, yeah. And me and everyone listening. Close your eyes. Unless you're using a flamethrower, then don't. You got to aim. Take a deep breath. (sighs) Think about what you're doing right now. And ask yourself, is it a good idea? Go on. Do it. No, I don't care if you've done it for every other episode. Do it again. Mm -hmm. Your actions are always changing, and you need to reevaluate them in the moment. Mm. Okay, good. Now... Turn to the person to your left. Ask them if what they're doing is a good idea. That's why you're... Hey, hey, Rob. Yeah, is what you're doing a good idea? I'm, I'm recording your podcast. Totally dope, 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 dope. Yeah. Awesome, I love it. <laughs> it's pretty good. Kaylee, how's your survey going? Oh, great. Um, no ghosts. No ghosts. No ghosts. Good idea. Well, I hope that turned out as well for everyone else as it did for us. <laughs> um, if it didn't, so sorry. Maybe you should have been doing something better. Probably. We got to all take responsibility for our choices. <laughs> and now we're going to let Kaylee talk. Yay! Kaylee, welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having Thank me. Thank you for coming on. Oh, all right. So today we're talking about things that I've done that I don't want you to do. Basically, um, but it's more of a story. So today I'm going to talk about my experience with hard drugs as a teenager and um, how that tied into uh, some major body image issues and um, yeah, how I came on the other side of that. So yeah, um, it's I was t- telling Sam you beforehand how i was having a hard time <laughs> thank you thank you for reminding me <laughs> you no problem you are sam i can tell you again later if you want that'd be great um every 10 to 15 <laughs> um so it's it's so hard to know where to start telling these things because of context but i'm gonna start i decided um going into high school and um the reason i want to start there with the story is because that was a time when I was going through a lot of changes, so like body, my body changed. Um, I gained, I've always been a pretty like petite person, not that that even matters, but I gained a lot of weight really quickly when I was 15 ish. Um, and then like none of my clothes fit me. And I was like really struggling with my body image and, and understanding what was happening to me. And there was, there were a lot of like women in my grade, young women, girls who, hadn't really hit puberty like I had or hadn't gone through those changes. And I really felt like there was something wrong with me. Um, 
And even though it, it doesn't matter, we know that's not the case. Um, so anyway, and when I was, when I was a freshman in high school, I was, I felt awkward and weird as a lot of people do at that age. Um, and I was kind of hopping around friend groups. I wasn't really sure who I was and like what I wanted. And I, um, I didn't really grow up in a, in a family or with parents that like forced me to do activities. Mm, I don't mm -hmm. know if like you had parents that were like, you have to play an instrument and you have to do a sport and you have to do it. No, my parents were real lax on that stuff. Every once in a while, like up into middle school, they would ask me like, do you want to go do stuff? I'm like, no, I'm fine. Because I just drew a ton at home. Oh, that's cool. So like I had my crafty things. I made a loom when I was like eight or so maybe just out of a that's piece of cardboard. So cool. But that's the kind of shit that like I would do at home. And then I like I made a like a six by six patch of yarn. And I was like, well, next thing. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> that's so cool. But I didn't get into actual like activities until... Like late middle school, I didn't really either. And like, if my friends are doing something that seemed cool, I would I would want to do it. But my parents never were like, "You have to do this or that." Yeah, um, which I think was good in a lot of ways because everything I did, I did because I wanted to. Um, but the other side of that was like, I I I think if I had done more activity, I probably would have stayed more focused in school. Mm -hmm. Like I was kind of a scattered brain kind of person. I was like had a hard time focusing on things. Um, anyway, so freshman year of high school, I'm awkward. I feel weird. I'm hanging out with this one group of girls. They're kind of mean. So I stopped hanging out with them. Um, I started hanging out with this like other group of people. Um, some of them had a band and I thought that was super cool. So I hung out with them and then, um, yeah, I just kind of floated around for a bit. Didn't really like know where to go. Also, I grew up in a super affluent community a place called Mercer Island. Um, probably people listening to this know where that is. <laughs> um, if you don't know, well, you can look it up. Just look it up. Google I got, it. I got nothing else for that. Mercer yeah. Island. You can spell Google it. it. <laughs> pause. Don't pause. Whatever. Um, yeah, keep listening. We, can, we live in a place now where you're in a time where you can do both. So... Yeah, I grew up in a really affluent community, um, a lot of rich kids. My family were, I mean, I lived on Mercer Island, but we didn't have a shit ton of money. It wasn't one of the rich kids at all. Um, they moved there because someone they knew in Northern California inherited a house on Mercer Island, and she was very old and was like, I'll sell it to you for not a whole lot of money. So they bought it. We moved there. It was great. I got a good education. We got to go to a good school. Um, but I was like not a rich kid in a rich kid's town. And so, um, in high school I wasn't, I ended up kind of globbing onto the other kids who didn't have a lot of money too, because you, I, you know, I identified with them more. Yeah. Um, and let's see, where is this going? All right. So then we're, we're in freshman year of high school, sophomore, I start to get some friends, um, having a hard time fitting in, but you know, it's high school. That's just the way it is. Um, and then I started hanging out with these girls that I knew from like kindergarten and they were kind of in my same boat where we like, we're the kids who didn't have a ton of money, but lived in Mercer Island. And, um, they were really into smoking weed or one of them was, <laughs> and I was like, that's cool. I'll try a smoking pot. And, um, and it wasn't just like, lots of kids were smoking weed in high school, but like 
not all the time. Um, I had another friend who went to SAS. She lived on Mercer Island, but she went to SAS, which is the Seattle Academy of Arts and Sciences. SAS. Um, SAS. I love that. It's a private school. I wanted to go there. It's fucking awesome. It's like an art school. Um, I mean, not for you know, not primarily an art school, but yeah. you get to do arts. Sass, sass. You get to be sass. <laughs> and so she went there, and those kids were fucking like smoking a lot of weed and doing other kinds of drugs. And she was a good friend of mine, so I I hung out with like some of her friends from Sass, and I that's when I kind of got introduced to like smoking weed, and that was cool because. Uh, Smoke. I don't like. I don't. I don't know if you've ever smoked weed before. <laughs> like four times. Yeah. Some people haven't ever. Like I, that surprised me. I because I grew up around in a place where people were smoking weed a lot, or like at the, at the very least, you smoked weed or drank. And mm-hmm. then I, the like, the more I've gone gone through life, I've met people who have like never smoked weed or only smoked weed a handful of times. So it's interesting, like the variety of, of experiences. Um, but I really liked smoking weed, uh, because it was like, the first time I smoked, I I would describe it as being in like a fairy world. Like I was like, this is like, I'm in real life, but I'm not in real life and everything's really cool and fun. Um, and I started to meet people and then I met this guy, uh, we'll call him Mayo. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> Is he white? He's white, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, and Mayo went to SAS, and um, he was super into smoking weed, too. And um, so between Mayo and then I had my, like, core friends was this girl at who I went to high school with. So she was from Mercer Island, but she went to the high school with me. Um, her name, we'll call her Heather. And, um, and she was like my best friend at that time. The one who went to SAS, my friend who went to SAS, who I met Mayo through, we'll call her Valerie. (laughs) And, um. I like this set of names. Yeah. (laughs) Good. So I hung out with Heather mostly at school. I hung out with Valerie outside of school a lot. Um, but Heather, so Heather and me, we started out just like, we'd smoke weed after school. I'd go hang out with Mayo and he was a really nice kid. He was like not, um, at the time when I met him, he was just into smoking weed, which mm-hmm. really was pretty harmless. Like I'd just go hang out with him on the weekends. We'd smoke a lot. He had a friend who sold weed too. And who is someone that I knew after high school as well. And he's a really smart, awesome person. Um, so I, they were really good people, but like you, if you're selling drugs in high school, then something's off. <laughs> that's just the way it is. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was pretty hard. It's and it, that's the thing is it starts, it, that sounds like such a cliche. It starts harmless, but then becomes worse and worse and worse. It just, everything escalates. Um, but so I was hanging out with like this drug dealer dude, um, this boy Mayo who was, nice but like really into smoking pot like was high all the time and heather and valerie um so first i was just smoking after school then with heather we started smoking at school which was actually kind of nice for me again because it was like when i'd smoke i'd be like i'm in a different world like i would be in school but i would not be in school Mm -hmm. you know it was like i could kind of check out a little bit um and it was like the secret i had like i go into class and i'd be like i'm high no one but they all fucking knew. <laughs> <laughs> the 
Haley, you're having an awfully good time at school. Like no one likes school this much. And you're like, oh, that's school. It was, oh my God. And it was so, di- like the way of, like, I don't really smoke weed that much anymore, but when I do, like I would, it's so different than it was back then. Like back then, like I would go to class high and I would go to English class and I was always really good in English. And like, I would raise my hand and participate and like be in on the discussion going on and think that like no one thought I was high and no one called me, like no teachers ever called me out on it. But I think they must have, they, if you, like, you'd be so dumb to not know that I was stoned. Like, it was, like, in the morning, my eyes are red, or, and I'm, like, putting eye drops in my eyes, like, at my desk. Like, I'm just acting a fucking fool. You're not the first person who has been on here and been like, I was high at school, and I don't know how no one pointed it out. <laughs> I don't know. It's really weird because, and this will be shocking at the end of the story, But my English teacher, like I always loved English and my English teacher at the end of that school year was like, Hey, you started out the school year, like really focused. And then you just kind of seemed to be distracted. And I'm like, bitch, you fucking knew when I was like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) She said this the last day of school. I'm like, where were you? (laughs) Like you could have saved me. Wait till the end. Yeah, I know. It's weird. And that's probably a hard position to be in. Also, I think like my there was a lot of parents on Mercer Island, and I think this is true in a lot of rich communities that were like super involved in their kids' life that were like, you know, knew the teachers and would talk to the teachers and would maybe make a fuss if like their student got a bad grade or their mm-hmm. kid got a bad grade. My parents never asked me then if I had homework. They didn't know who my teachers were. They like they weren't absent, but they were never like, "Are you doing your homework?" Um, if I got like really bad grades, they'd be like, stop fucking up and get your shit together. But, um, or if I skipped class, which I ended up doing a lot later on that school year, um, they would be like, we got a call from the school. What the fuck? <laughs> um, but they were never like, no one ever told me to take the SATs. I just did it. Cause I thought that was something I should do. Like, mm-hmm. like they were not involved. And I think if I had parents that were involved, the teachers probably would call me out more. But the stakes were kind of low for me. Oh, like if, then, if the teachers knew there were going to be consequences yeah. to you having problems, they might have been like, that's my theory. Hey, so, um, <laughs> I don't want to have to talk to your parents later. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you could not be so high, <laughs> I think that would help both of us out. <laughs> exactly. And I wasn't like disrupting. I know it's the day before the last day of the school year. <laughs> But maybe if we could just keep this between us. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I don't know. I think that was why. But but even when I was smoking weed at school, like things still felt pretty normal in my life. Like I wasn't disruptive. I wasn't like depressed at that time. Um, I talked about having like some body image issues that started out when I was like 15. And um, those kind of went away a little bit when I was smoking weed. Like, and I think it's because when you smoke a lot of weed, like you start to kind of care less about certain things. And that was one of them. The downside of that is that you start caring less about like everything. Like you get kind of neglectful. Um, and, but like, so I was a little, I was like kind of, I was happier in a way that was not, uh, healthy or genuine. Like I was, I was numbing myself is basically what it was. And, um, 
And so everything seemed kind of fine. It was good. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and this is, so just to put this all in a time frame, like the time period where I started smoking weed at school was the beginning of my junior year of high school. And then, um, yeah, my parents aren't like worried about me at all. Everything's okay. Um, I would come home high and I'd be like, they don't know. They're so stupid. And then I found my dad's weed later that year and I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's all coming together. I think my mom knew I was smoking pot, but they like, they, I think cause they smoked weed like, and did worse things. They were like, I mean, earlier in their lives, they were kind of like, if this, she's just smoking pot. And my dad also told me, he's like, if you get caught doing something, it means you're being sloppy. So if you don't get caught, then you probably have your shit together. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, that, that almost makes sense. Yeah. If, if covering the fact that, Like your smoking weed just involves being good at the stuff you're supposed to be good at anyway. Yeah. Then yeah. (laughs) Still not like probably the healthiest perspective. Yeah. Like 100%, but it's like 90%. No, it kind of like, it it, it makes sense, but it's, but there's, there's more to it than that. And if you're doing anything to get out of something, then that's not good either. Um, so yeah, anyway, so I'm smoking weed at school, blah, blah, blah. Everything's fine. Dating this guy, Mayo. He's, he's a nice boy. Um, in like February of that year, Mayo decides to break up with me. Um, wait, when did you guys start? So we started dating and we never like were official, (laughs) but like we, (laughs) but we were like, we were like, we were, we would hang out. We'd. You know, we did the things you do when you're dating, but mm-hmm. like, we just, we're like, we're not going to call each other boyfriend or girlfriend. But that started the sum, like at that, toward the end of the summer going into my junior year of high school. And then, so we started dating like the beginning of my junior year of high school. I'm smoking a lot of pot. We're stoners together. It's kind of, it's kind of a nice fuzzy time. Um, and then February, he's like, we should break up. And I wasn't, it's high school, you know, I was 16 or 17 and so I was sad, but it wasn't like the most devastating thing in the world because it's high school and he mm-hmm. wasn't my first boyfriend and, um, it was okay. Uh, what happened right after that is, uh, one of my, one of my best friends from childhood, uh, we'll call her Lola, uh, Lola, uh, hooked up with Mayo and like, didn't tell me. And, um, and I found out that like some like a lot of my friends, like Heather and some other girls I hung out with and Lola were all hanging out with him and like the drug dealer dude without me and then like lying about it to me. Ooh. Yeah, it fucking hurts so bad. Like I I found out they were all hanging out together and I'm like, why didn't you tell me? And they're like, You're being weird, you're being crazy. Yeah, it was really fucked up. It's kind of like, what? And then I found out, and this is so weird. I think I might be kind of psychic or have really strong intuition, but like, um, I remember um, talking to Mayo on AIM, you know, AOL Instant Messenger, mm-hmm. uh, which was like the primary way we talked and uh, talking to him. And, and he, he, we were like, I was instant messaging with him and it was after um, we had broken up. And he just, he messaged me and was like, I think so, if I'm remembering correctly. And he said, hey, what's up, blah, blah, blah. 
And he started being really mean to me, like over instant messenger. Was it not him? No, it was it was it was him. Oh, okay. But he started like making fun. I didn't of know me. if this was like someone else was over there and they no. taken over his account. That's a good thought, though. <laughs> I want the real cinematic. If route. we were doing, if we were writing this, that's totally what would have happened. But um, no, like so, he started being really mean to me, and then I was like, I started. I was like, I had this thought, like he hooked up with one of my friends, and I think he was feeling guilty and was being mean to me in a weird way to mm. like. I don't know, but um, I'm like, you hooked up with one of my friends, and he's like, no, I didn't, and I'm like, it was Lola, wasn't it? You hooked up with Lola, and he like didn't say anything, and then I called him. He definitely just shit himself on the other end of that <laughs> computer conversation. <laughs> he was like, oh fuck! I just like uh, knew it. No, I don't know. It was like process of, process of elimination in my head, and to, and also to put things in like context more Lola was someone that I was best friends with when we were like in kindergarten onward and then we kind of drifted apart for a bit but we always had a weird relationship where we, we were like kind of competitive with each other and um and she like stopped talking to me for a little while and she would get mad at me a lot like growing up over like she would just like I go to school in, in elementary school and she'd be like I'm not talking to you and yeah she was <laughs> Just like really, and you're weird. like, well, you are right now. So yeah, what is this? <laughs> and I think that everyone kind of fights like that a little bit. But she was pretty bad, and so I think that's kind of why we we stopped talking to each other for a while. Like I was kind of like, you're not a good friend. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I so I suspected her because she's never really been the nicest person to me, and um, so I'm like, you. So I tell Mayo, I'm like, you and Lola hooked up, and so I call him, and he's like, it wasn't that big of a deal. Like I just like. Oh my God. He went, I just like fingered her a little bit and I'm like, Oh my God, you're such a fucking asshole. And, and, um, and it was straight to the detail. Yeah. And I get really mad at him. Mm -hmm. I'm like, fuck you. I don't want to talk to you again. Hang up on him. I get pissed at Lola. Obviously I get pissed at like all my other friends in that group because they're like hanging out with him and not telling me about it. And I well, just, yeah, it comes across so much as like you two broke up and they <laughs> picked which side they cared about yeah. more, like very directly. That's what yeah. it feels like. But and it, and I understand like Mayo was like super cute, but also he was hanging out with this dude a lot who was a drug dealer. Like he sold weed, so I think they were like, we're gonna we want to hang out with like the weed dealer, <laughs> and so. I just like all my friends. I mean, there were like, I think three of them that I was really hanging. It was, um, this girl who didn't really, we'll call, uh, we'll call her, uh, Jocelyn, Jocelyn, Heather and Lola, like all like, they were like my core friends. And then they, they were like, started hanging out with them with mm-hmm. Mayo and, and dealer guy. And I'm like, okay, well, fuck all of you. I got really depressed. <laughs> I wasn't smoking weed so much anymore. Cause like my source went away. And, um, and then my, uh, I have a, my sister, I have a sister who is 14 months younger than me. So we're really close in age. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember like, t- and so we fought a lot. We like, we had like a pretty, like, uh, we were really, really close, but also we were kind of like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with you, <laughs> you know, like in high school. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes down to it, the cool thing about having someone close like that is like when you're like down and out they're they're there for you Mm -hmm. and to my sister I remember being like 
oh my god like I told her you know she knew all this happened and so she kind of let me like hang out with her and her friends which was so that was really nice um but at the time I remember my sister brought home one day one fateful day um my sister and our friend will call her Coco um her and Coco came home uh, and brought back like this small bag of cocaine. And my sister was like, and I went to a room and I'm hanging out with them and they're like, we're going to, we're doing coke. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> and they're like, you want to try this? And I'm like, yeah. And my sister, my, who is protective, she's younger than me, but we're like the same age. And so she's like protective still. And she's like, mm-hmm. you only do a little bit because you're sensitive to drugs and I don't, you know, just do a tiny little bit. And I did a tiny little bit of Coke and it didn't really do much at all. Like I was kind of like, what's the big deal? (laughs) Like it numbs your nose. That was the first thing I noticed. Like you snort it and it kind of numbs your whole face. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. But like, that was it. Like it was nothing, nothing special at all. Um, And then, yeah, that was the first time I tried Coke. Uh, meanwhile at school, so I go, you know, I go to Mercer High School, this, this really nice high school. There's like a group of girls, um, who are doing cocaine at school. Everyone knows it because they're losing weight, like fucking crazy. Mm. There's this girl who at first had, she was like, not fat, just, you know, like a normal, like a normal, a little, maybe slightly plump. Um, and she just lost weight, like in a second, like it was like, she went from like size, like a size eight to a size zero in like a month. Yeah. And it was just nuts. Shit. And, um, and so, you know, rumors are going around, but everyone knows that they're doing Coke and this idea gets in my head and I'm, I'm depressed. My friends aren't talking to me. My, my boyfriend broke up with me. I'm like not feeling good about myself. And I'm, and I have this thought in my head. I'm like, if I, if, if I do Coke, I can lose weight really fast. And <laughs> yeah, I know it's fucked up. <laughs> and it's, it's, <laughs> it's fucked up, but it's also like, you can see exactly how you got there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, more like you just want to yell back and go, no, Kaylee, no, <laughs> exactly. don't do it. <laughs> exactly. But like when, yeah, I don't like my friends weren't talking to me, my, the guy, and I still liked Mayo. I mean, I was, again, I wasn't like the, the love of my life left me, but it was like, I was bummed. I was lonely and sad and I wasn't smoking weed anymore. So I couldn't really numb everything out. And yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, I can do cocaine. (laughs) So I didn't have money to buy Like my parent, I didn't have an allowance. (laughs) My, my parents, like, I feel like a lot of people I grew up with had like an organized upbringing where they had an allowance. They had extracurricular activities, like, like their parents gave them structure. And my parents weren't, were definitely present in my life, but they weren't, I didn't have, if I want, I was like, mom, can I go to a movie? She would give me exactly the cost of the movie. She'd give me like $8 to get in. Mm-hmm. I think that's how much it was back then. And, <laughs> um, I wasn't getting like an allowance. I basically, I didn't have, and I didn't have just money to spend. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, I couldn't get cocaine and, but I knew other people who were like doing it and, and wanted to do it and had that kind of money. Um, and some of them were my sister's friends. So, and so the people that my sister were hanging out with, it was these girls. Um, Coco was one of them. 
uh, who was this really nice girl who went to Seattle prep. Um, when my sister met her, Coco had, uh, never drank, smoked weed, anything. And within like a week, my sister had gotten her drunk for the first time, smoked weed with her for the first time and done cocaine for the first time. <laughs> Just <laughs> hit all the checkboxes right away. <laughs> Uh, Coco, I know it's to this day and she's like sober now, which is really cool. She's doing really, really great. Um, the other girls that I was hanging out with was someone I saw last night. Actually, this girl, we'll call her Sarah. I don't know how the fuck I'm going to keep these names straight, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm tra- I think I'm tracking them. Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, we'll see. But, um, so it's okay. Coco, Sarah, uh, this other girl, uh, we'll, Oh, what am I going to call her? Genevieve, Coco, Sarah, Genevieve, um, all of them have money. Like they're, they come from like pretty wealthy families, like capital M money. Yeah. Like, but not all caps, not all caps, but like they, their parents, especially Genevieve, I hope she doesn't listen. Well, I don't fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> Genevieve, <laughs> you got I, a fake name going? Yeah, whatever. So Genevieve, like I know, I know all of these people, and they're all doing great, and they're all like good people who have succeeded in life. Like they're they're great. Um, but Genevieve, yeah, her parents definitely gave her money. Just were like, yeah, you have to. You want to go to? You're gonna go to Cheesecake Factory after school. Here's sixty dollars. <laughs> like, you know, just whatever. Um, mm-hmm. another one of them had an ATM card. The other one went to private school, so she had a bunch of money. And so their parents gave them money. So me and my sister are like, and they're our friends. I mean, they're my sister's friends, and they're genuinely my friends. But I think me and my sister were also like, oh, they have disposable income and we want to do drugs and they're going to help us do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I had a car. um, I drove a minivan and I had my license. And most of those girls at the time, I don't think, had their license or were in the process of getting their license. So I could drive to get drugs and cocaine and they could have the money to do it. Teamwork. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A symbiotic relationship. Um, so in my mind, I'm like, I'm about to fucking do some Coke. I'm going to lose a bunch of weight. I'm going to like feel good about myself finally about like my body and who I am. And I have this like plan in my head. And, um, so I start hanging out with them. And then when we're buying Coke, we meet these dudes, um, three of them and they're in their like early twenties and we're, yeah, like early to mid twenties. Um, the main guy was this guy. Oh God, this is so hard. I'm like, I want to say their names, <laughs> but I'm going to really try not to. Um, one, okay. This, uh, this one guy was named, um, uh, what name haven't I used yet? His name was Cobb. <laughs> the other was named Bono. And the third guy's name was um, Nick. So who do we have? Cobb, Bono, Nick. Thank you. Cobb, Bono, Nick. Cobb is 22. Nick and Bono, I think, are like 21 or something. We're 16, 15. Um, Cobb was the one who had like the main Coke uh, resources. And basically... And he he had some money too. These kids all were rich Mercer Island kids, mm-hmm. um, just like the, these guys had graduated way before us, and were living at home and just doing coke, 
with teenage girls. <laughs> so we start, um, first we're just buying Coke from, from Cobb and, um, it's really fun. And then like, and then when I really did it, like it was, I would do it and I, f- it gives you like, kind of like when you, when you drink a lot of caffeine or something, mm-hmm. it's like, um, where you feel like very outgoing and very excited about everything, but it's like amped up times like a hundred. And with that, you get this like sense of confidence. You're like, I don't mm-hmm. care a fuck about anything and I'm great. And like, like you're just so amped. You're so excited and enthusiastic about everything you're doing. Um, and that's how it started. Like the first few times I did it, it felt like that. And I was going to school doing Coke, like with these girls beforehand and I walk in and I, and I'd be like, I don't give a fuck about anyone. And, um, it started out that way. And then eventually it's like the more you do it, that feeling of like being amped about stuff turns into like, you get real touchy and, and like things you're enthusiastic, but like sensitive and like you want your ideas heard. Like it's like basically like a party where everyone's doing Coke. It's people like, I don't know if you guys, I'm like explaining this to you, but maybe you already know. It's like people, it's just like a room full of people shouting at each other, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like not fun. I uh, mean, it's so, it just sounds remarkably like mania, <laughs> like actual mania <laughs> is all the same stuff. Yeah. Enthusiasm, <laughs> like way overconfident, like yeah. super irresponsible with things you should be careful about. And yeah. then like being super sensitive and easily irritable yeah 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 big time it's 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 like that um and you're having conversation with someone and and you're both really excited about what you're talking about but you want to be heard like you want to be the one to say the thing it's it's yeah you so you think that you're feeling great and eventually you you start to not feel great um but at first when I was doing it I was like this is fun this is great it took it didn't take much time for me to start like losing weight um I also, because when you do Coke, you don't, it's a stimulant. So I think it rubs up your metabolism, but also you have like, I had you eating is like the hardest thing to do when you're on Coke. Like your appetite just goes away. And, um, I also simultaneously when I was, when I started doing Coke, I also started working like one or two days a week at this gym on Mercer Island. Um, so I could work out for free. I wasn't working out. I would go tell my mom I was going to go work out and I would be going to like get Coke with a bunch of, you know, Cobb and, and fucking Bono and Nick. <laughs> no, wait, was that, was that yeah. the names? Yeah, of yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so first, okay. So it starts out me and these, and these girls are going to buy Coke from, from Cobb. And then when Cobb didn't have any, we go talk to uh, Nick. And when Nick didn't have any, we talked to Bono. But they all kind of knew each other, too. Um, so, and they'd all be like, okay, I know where to get it. I know where to get it. Or I have this guy. They all had, like, different kind of sources. Um, about, like, a few weeks into doing it, it all kind of happened very quickly. But, like, a few weeks into really doing it, it started, like, I think we'd get, like, an eight ball. Like, we'd all, like, put our money together. We'd all pull it together and an eight ball at that time was 3.5, I still remember this, 3.5 grams, and it cost $120. So I would get, like, from a day of working at the gym, I'd get, like, $80. No, not that. That's a lot That for that. I think I would get, like, maybe $50. I'd get that $50. My sister would have 20 Someone else would get, like, 60 We'd all pull together and get, like, an eight ball, and then we'd split it. And I'd try to have that last me as long as I could. Um 
And it started out getting a little amount. And then uh, it was like just trying to find money to get it wherever I could. And from, and then it kind of broke out in my high school. Like I noticed like more people started doing it. Like I know, like, like it, there would just be rumors flying around. Like someone would be like, Oh, so-and-so is doing coke. Did you notice? Like, um, some people would just like lose weight really quickly mm-hmm. or like, um, you could just tell like, and there's this like look that someone gets, it's like, they just get like pallid and like sickly looking cause you're not eating or sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I, yeah, I remember this, there was this one guy who came up to me. I, I knew this is how I knew it was bad. Uh, this guy <laughs> or starting to get kind of bad. I remember in high school, this guy came up to me. He was like a year above me. And, um, he was this dude who was super chubby and got really skinny really fast. And, um, and so I knew he was doing Coke and he came up to me and he's like, Hey, I heard you can get Coke. And I'm like, yeah, I can get it. And he gave me like $200 to get him Coke. I took his $200, went and got it, did all of it with these, with my friends and go back to school and, um, see him. And he comes up to me and he's like, where's my Coke? And I'm like, I don't have it. Sorry. And he's like, give it to me now. Like, where is like, you have to give it to me. I gave you $200. And I'm like, well, it's gone. You, you're an idiot for giving me $200. And, um, he started like getting up in my face. And then my other friend, Jen, uh, Genevieve, I can't, I can't, I knew I was going to lose track of these names. One of my friends went up to him and was basically like, Hey, fuck off. Like, fuck off, dude, get out of here. You're not going to get it. You like, you messed up. Just leave. And she's like this five foot, <laughs> like tiny little girl. <laughs> and she's intimidated the shit out of this dude. Um, but yeah, so I, I just took $200 out of this guy's car. Also someone in my group and I won't specify who they are just in case. It doesn't, I'm using fake names, but you know, just in case, um, mm-hmm. they would go in the parking lot at school and these kids would like not lock their cars. And <laughs> someone in my friend group found this one car, this like Mercedes and this person, the owner of the Mercedes would leave their car unlocked like every day and in the glove box kept like a few hundred bucks. And my sister one time went into the car and took and found it. Like she would just go and me, and me and her did that. Like we would just go and like look in cars and stuff like that. Kind of. And at first we would just like steal cigarettes or something, but like mm-hmm. we would just like open cars and see what was in there. And this one car always had a few hundred dollars and my sister took a few hundred dollars and then like a few days later went back to that same car and opened it and found that the money had been replaced. So she just oh, took geez. it again. <laughs> yeah. It's so easy to lock a car. (laughs) It's also easy not to steal from people. Yeah, there is that. But people are going to do it. And I unfortunately was that bad kid who was doing it for a short time. Um, So, yeah. So I think at this point that I'm telling you, it's about a month in. Mm -hmm. So it started out normal, feeling good when I was doing it, feeling confident, losing weight. And then... um, it got to a point where I was not eating. Like I would, I would maybe eat in the evening if I could. Like I would try to force myself to eat dinner at my parents' house because, like, they would make dinner. And they'd be like, "Hey, dinner's ready," and I would go like get food, and I would just have to. I would like force myself to eat it, um, or try my best so that they wouldn't suspect anything. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this just happens, I think, when you're hungry and tired. But cocaine, because it like it revs you up so much, you just get 
paranoid and like anxious, like beyond anxious. Mm -hmm. And when I was, and I was trying to do it as much as I could, I was also trying really hard, like not to eat. Like I was doing everything I could to just like eat once a day or just eat like a little snack. I drink a ton of water and I did lose a lot of weight. Like, and I don't know how much I weighed, but I remember this is so fucking stupid looking back on it, but my goal was to make my thighs not touch. Mm. And that's not how I'm built. Like, th- like my thighs touch. And, and, and I remember I got to a point where they almost didn't touch, like they barely, barely touched. And I was like, I just, if I could just get them not to touch, like, that'd be great. It was really, really, really too bad. Um, and I was also working at a gym. So my mom, um, I remember like my, my mom being kind of worried about me. I think she knew something was off, but she didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I was losing a lot of weight, I think she thought it was because I was working out at this gym. And I remember her going, you look really good, Kaylee. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that was like positive feedback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, my mom was someone my whole life who just like shitted on her body all the time. She'd be like, I'm fat. She was always dieting. My mom is the most beautiful person in the entire world. She's like so beautiful and tight. Like she's a small person. Um, and my siblings all have super fast metabolisms. I'm, um, I'm like my mom, like I'm kind of curvy and normal. Um, my siblings, my dad's super skinny and has a really fast metabolism and my siblings are like that. So I think maybe because I saw, and I'm trying to, I'm don't know this for sure, but Mm. I feel like seeing my mom, pick apart her body and knowing I'm like her, I'm like, well, there's something wrong with me too, probably. But, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I had lost all this weight. Um, I'm doing, I'm trying to, uh, keep it, keep it going. I didn't have money. Um, what I ended up doing is hanging out with these guys who were drug dealers and, just going, they, their main source, the guy who like, they really got cocaine from <laughs> like would move around a lot. Like he would be in Everett and then he'd be in like Linwood and then he'd be in like, like the South end in Seattle. And I basically, it was really, it was tough because it was like, it costs money to drive around and it costs money to buy this really expensive drug. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, our friends, like parents stopped wanting to give them money. They're like, you're giving us money. And everyone's parents are worried about them, obviously, because we're like out. We look like shit. I remember I came home. It was like a month and a half or two months into doing it. And I came home and my dad just comes up to me and he like looks at me in the face and he's like, you have green under your eyes. And I was like, fuck you. (laughs) And I got really defensive. (laughs) Um, I don't think I said fuck you, but I was like, whatever, you don't know. And then, um, and then I remember I got super defensive and he was really patient and calm. He's like, Hey, no, it's okay. I'm not like accusing you of anything. Like you don't have to feel bad. And, um, and I thought that was really cool of him because I think he knew, like he, he definitely knew cause he had experience with that a little bit. Um, so, which I learned later on, but he, um, he was really, really patient and nice. And he's like, you have to take care of yourself. And he just kind of was like, love yourself, take care of yourself. But he didn't lecture me. He didn't punish me. He didn't freak out. I th- he, he didn't, he couldn't prove anything. He didn't really know anything. I think he just knew from looking at me and in his heart that something was wrong. But I think he also knew that I could only really work it out on my own. It, so th- that was 
that was really, really cool of him to, to approach it that way. I think a lot of parents, when they find out their kids are doing drugs, um, kind of panic and freak out, which is totally reasonable. But it's also, like, so counterproductive to helping someone get better. Because no one has ever, you can't force someone to decide to stop doing something. Yeah. I've learned that. Like, it's like, there's, and there were kids in my high school whose parents put them in rehab and they would just relapse over and over again. And, and it's hard to know what you want as a kid, but you just really have to, you have to come to that conclusion on your own. You're going to stop doing something that's toxic to you. Yeah. (sighs) So anyway, um. I'm driving around with these guys all the time, um, running, like, just, like, pulling all the money I can together to put gas in my car to drive to get Coke. Um, I find out, like, partway through, like, my Coke phase (laughs) that Mayo's friend, who was selling weed, uh, started selling Coke, too. So I remember at one point not being able to get it from any of these dudes and... um, finding out that I could get it from my old, my old weed dealer friend. So I, I texted him one day. I'm like, can I get some blow? And he's like, yeah, sure. And I meet up with him and Mayo's there and the, he's like selling me a bag and he's like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing Coke? And I'm like, cause I like it. Cause I think it's great. And they both were like, are you doing it to lose weight? And I think Mayo like kind of knew a little bit and I was like, no, 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 no. And I got super defensive and, um, and carried on. And, and that was the end of that. Um, but I had my other friends, the ones who had kind of left me for weed dealer and stuff. Mm -hmm. There was one Heather who was probably like, she was like my friend. Like she was close to me. I'd known her a long time. I think that she was just I mean, she, we, we didn't really like stop hanging out, hanging out, but she was kind of being a bad friend. Um, but, and so I stopped hanging out with her during this time, but later I remember she came up to me, um, toward the end and to give more context and time, like I started doing Coke in February of my junior year of high school. I stopped doing it. I ended doing it, uh, in June of, of that year. So February, March, April, I did it for like four months. Um, so it's a lot in a very short amount. Of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, oh man. Yeah. I'm following around. I think at the very worst, I remember like going to this apartment in Bellevue and like Eastgate. And when I go by there, I still, if I ever drive by there, I get like this feeling in my, like my heart beats fast and I'm like, oh, like this dread fills me. Yeah. Um, but I would go hang out at this apartment with these three drug dealer dudes, my sister and those other girls. And we would just like get as much Coke, like someone would have supplied us with some Coke. Like someone would go buy it. Like someone either got a paycheck or someone got like money from their parents or something happened where someone got a bunch of money and we would just get Coke and just do it all night and just chain smoke cigarettes in this apartment. And the apartment was owned by this woman who was like 27 and, um, was friends with like one of the drug dealer dudes. And we would just be up all night, like, just like, yeah, you know, yelling and getting excited. Um, and I go home and I would try to go to sleep and I just could not sleep. And, um, and, and I go, I get up and go to school and do it all. And then, um, like toward the end of this school year, like in late May, 
one of my other old friends who I'd grown up with, because this is like a small community, so you kind of know everyone from like kindergarten to high school. Yeah. This girl that I was in, it was, I was in school with came up to me and she was like, yeah, this guy Colin in class um, asked me if you were okay because he says you just don't look good. And I remember getting really confrontational again and being like, whatever. And it's weird too because during this time, like there were other people who were doing coke and everyone knew who it was. And there was the security guard, Kelly, at the high school. And Kelly would sometimes come into a classroom and if he called your name, if he walked into the classroom and called your name, it meant you were in trouble. Mm -hmm. And there was a period of time where he was walking to classrooms and he call like people's names, like Taylor, Courtney, Kimberly, come to the, you need to come with me. And, and, um, these were people who were doing drugs. He never, I never got called by Kelly and teachers never said anything to me. I stopped going to class a lot. Like, I mean, I was still going mostly, but like I, I was skipping a lot of class. Mm -hmm. Um, I would try to get home in time to just like pick up the phone. Like when they call and be like, uh, they'd leave like a message on the phone if you skip school and be like, this is the Mercer Island High School. Your son or daughter missed one or more classes today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just get home and pick up that call before, you know, like my parents could get to it. So I was pretty good at covering my steps, but like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know why no one said anything. <laughs> uh, and there, there wasn't like one thing I can't pinpoint like a day or a time when I was like, I can't do this anymore. But I think just like being exhausted from like not sleeping and driving around and being paranoid and afraid of the cops and like hanging out with these shitty people. <laughs> and um, I just, I think I just got really like sick of it. Oh, and then I totally left out something. Um, there was one day there was like an assembly at school. Like it was, uh, um, I, uh, something about drinking and driving, like an assembly to be like, this is why you shouldn't drink and drive. And they would like simulate a car crash or something like that. Like, I forget what it that was. That sounds fancy. Yeah. Well, I, Mercer <laughs> Island high school, ladies and gentlemen, um, they drove a car on stage. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's ironic. So I was like, I'm not going to that <laughs> and went in like fucking did Coke instead and at this park. And then I went home and, um, I got home and both my parents worked and I remember going, getting home before they did. And there was a message on the machine and it was the Mercer police. And they were like, we know that <laughs> fuck. I said my sister's name. <laughs> we can boop it. Okay. Uh, Kaylee and her sister <laughs> were at uh, Luther Burbank Park at this time, and we know that they were doing drugs and blah, 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 and we just deleted the message. And nothing else came after that. Like, And I remember being so scared and like hearing that and being like, fuck, like, the cops know about us. Like, We're going to get arrested. Like, I'm going to go to juvie, like all this shit. And we deleted that message, and then nothing ever happened after that. They weren't like expecting a call back. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's so weird. Like, I don't know. And my, so I have an, a brother who's 10 years older than me, and he did go to juvie a lot when I was like growing up, and he did get into a lot of trouble with the cops. So the cops kind of knew my family a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I was so, I don't know, it was the weirdest, weirdest thing. And then some of my other friends said that they got this, uh, similar phone calls. Um, 
And like one of them, like her parents knew, like she, their parents had picked up the phone and the parents were like, what the fuck is this? And she was like, I don't know. Like, and she got in trouble, but somehow like it never got back to my parents and nothing. I don't, I, it was, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Um, but yeah, school year ended. I remember like studying for, for the finals and being like, I'm going to take all my finals. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And I studied for them. I like failed all of them. Like I remember taking tests. I didn't do well in school that year, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I bullshitted some essays for like English and some other stuff and did okay, like passed. Um, And yeah, and I remember it was my English teacher the last day of school. I turned in my final and she was like, you seem, you started so focused and then you just got, it seemed like you got distracted. (laughs) And you just reached across the desk and slapped her. (laughs) Do your fucking job, lady. <laughs> it's so weird. And I don't know. I, I mean, I can understand. Like, that's probably a really hard thing to do is to call someone out on being on drugs and like. get That's also like her entire job. Yeah. yeah. It's also, I mean, maybe that would be easier for like if for someone like me who's experienced those things and to know how horrible that hurts and like that how what a like if if you're if god damn it if some student is doing that they're not in a good place and they need some help yeah because when you're 16 or 17 you don't know already you don't understand consequences well and then throw drugs into it and your judgment is skewed Mm -hmm. from that it's like just a fucking nightmare um but yeah some something shifted I don't know exactly how, I don't know the day. I feel like some people, when they decide to stop doing drugs or whatever, sometimes there's like an, a day or an epiphany or they hit rock bottom in some way. Mm-hmm. For me, I think I ran out of money and I, I, and resources. A lot of my friends stopped talking to me. I think I was so depressed and anxious and um, exhausted. I think I was just fucking exhausted. Like my body was just like, I couldn't do it anymore. And I remember driving down, down around the high school and I had this thought where I was like, I can't, you can't, I can't do this forever. Like this is, there's no way this can last forever. And, um, and just had that thought in my head. And I think that was the first time where I was like, there's going to be a day where this stops because there has to be. And, but I think it was, I think it was just being done with school and not having to be in in the high school where, you know, all yeah. the shit was around me. Um, I think I just had, I was, and it was summer. Um, it was like a time to just stop. It was like a good transition time. And uh, my friends, some of my old childhood friends told me like the summer started and I, and I remember hanging out with them and it was the first time we'd hung out where it was like kind of back to normal a little bit. And they were like, we were going to tell your mom that you were doing Coke cause you were so horrible <laughs> and seemed so bad. Also the other part of this, which I haven't talked about a lot, which I should is that I was such a jerk to people during this time. I think when you're really tired, you're already a jerk, but I was also doing cocaine and I, my friends who weren't doing it, I was, I was horrible to them. 
Yeah. Like I was not nice. Like I, like, um, like my friends who weren't doing it, like, I think I would like, I don't, I can't even, I feel like, I don't know if I blocked stuff out or if it's just been a long time, but I know that I was really rude to a lot of them. I think I pushed a lot of people away so that I could keep doing Coke and not feel bad about it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I was horrible to my poor mother. <laughs> like I, I remember she was freaking out. She knew that something was wrong. And I didn't tell her. Um, there was also, oh, this is really fucked up. Uh, toward the very, toward the end, like right before I stopped, um, there was this guy at my high school who dealt ecstasy or was doing a lot of it or something. And I remember like, I really wanted to try it because toward the end I got, so depressed that I didn't really give a fuck about like anything. Yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, new drug, like throw it at me. I don't care. And, uh, this guy had ecstasy and I remember going into the back of a high school with this guy and him giving me like a pill of ecstasy. And it was like toward the end of the school day and I took it and then I just hung out with him and we hung out for like three days straight. And I think he was, I think he was trying to like hook up with me, but it didn't happen. Um, but we would like, yeah, he'd pick me up. We went to school. We do ecstasy. We'd leave school. Um, we'd go somewhere where it was okay. And I remember just doing E for like three days straight and same thing. You don't eat, (laughs) um, can't sleep. I just, I went on a bender. That was like the first bender I ever did. Or I think the only one. Unless you count that whole four months I was doing coke under. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is, that was probably, that might've been, I've never talked about this in terms of like my rock bottom, but that might've been it. If, if there was one that might've been it because yeah, I didn't sleep. And I remember talking on the phone to someone. I remember going to my room and talking on the phone with someone and I don't remember who it was, but I remember just like kind of spilling my heart out to like, Open, like just telling this person on the phone. I think I know who it was. I think it was this guy, Steven. I don't, we don't have to blur out his name. I don't think. Um, but this guy, Steven, like, I think he was like a friend of my, or this boyfriend of one of my good friends, but I'd known him a long time. I think, I think I was telling him like everything. And my mom, I had locked my bedroom door. My mom was like pounding on the door and was like, let me in, let me in, let me in. And I was like, no. And I wouldn't let her in. And she, again, she didn't know what was going on, but I think she just knew something like in her heart and her gut. She like knew something was really, really off. Yeah. Um, and that was right before school ended. And then, yeah, I, I just, school ended, didn't have to be at, at school anymore. Um, I got a job that summer. Um, my uncle, like, worked in an office building in Pike place market. And he asked if I wanted to work for him over the summer, just like filing and like doing stupid stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I did. And, um, that was so good for me. Like it sucked working in an office in the summer, but I like, I walked in and I thought like to myself, like I'm going to try and do a good job at this and I'm going to like show them I'm going to, I'm going to do a really good job. And I had something like to do and I did do it and I did do a good job. Um, and then on top of that, I got to like walk around the market in the summertime and I have such a love for Pike place market in the summer now. Like when I go down there in the summer, I just feel like it was like a healing place for me to be also being in like Seattle in the summertime. 
just that it's so beautiful. It's so like when you're a kid, you're not in school. So you have like some freedom. Yeah. I had a car. Um, I was really depressed. I mean, I remember like driving on I 90 and thinking like, and I remember there was like a sunset and I remember thinking like, I, I'm never going to be happy again. Like I had the thought of like, I'm never going to appreciate like a sunset ever again. Like I'm not going to feel that. Like I felt so far away from feeling joy. And, um, (sighs) but I, I kept going to work. It wasn't easy. Like (laughs) I would imagine not. Yeah, no, I was, I was working. I was going to Pike Place Market a lot. I, I would go home. I started sleeping again, you know, but like, you know, you just do things like I started sleeping again and (laughs) sleep is so good. I was like happier. I looked better. I felt pretty, you know, cause I looked like shit before. And I remember 4th of July I went and I, I, um, I met up with this guy. I met up with these group of guys. <laughs> My friend, uh, her, I'll call her Tara. I had this friend, Tara, who is a little bit older than me. And she was in college at this time, like when I was going through all of this. Yeah. So she wasn't around, but she was like one of my best friends. And she had come home for the summer. And I kind of told her, I was also very cagey about all of this. Like to people, if I didn't have to tell someone about this, I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, at that time. And, uh, but I remember she took me to this party in South Seattle on 4th of July and was with all these guys from Franklin and E40 was like really popular that summer. <laughs> and I remember seeing these guys ghost riding a whip down the street. And I was like, this is so fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a good change of scenery. And, um, I met this guy, his name, we'll call him Cam. Um, I still have a lot of like love in my heart for him, not in like a romantic way, but just like in a human to human way. Cause Mm he, um, he was this guy who grew up in like Rainier beach area. Um, he had lost his dad. His dad had died recently when I met him. And, um, but he was just like this really smart person. Like I could tell off the bat, he was very, very like observant. He was like making jokes and like, um, I thought he was really cool and me and him just hung out and we had like a, like a summer romance, but we like hung out all summer and he was so good for me to be with. Cause he was someone who did not come from money and didn't grow up around people with money. Mm-hmm. And that's all I had grown up around. And, um, and he had just kind of gone through something really hard that wasn't his fault. And I had gone through something really hard that kind of was self-inflicted. And he really put a lot of things in perspective for me, like hanging out with him. And he was really patient with me and that summer, like I got, cause I was depressed still. Like I got drunk once one at this party and ended up like crying and getting really upset. Like just, I caused the fucking scene at this party and I just got super drunk. And I think that I had like no serotonin or like no dopamine in my brain, like, and drinking just made it all so much worse. And yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> and I had to, um, like my friend Tara, my really good friend who had gone to college, she picked me up and took me home and I was like crying. And I think I opened the door on the freeway. Like oh, it was shit. really fucked up and they took me home and my parents fed me. My mom was upset, but my dad again was so patient with me. Like my, I remember that night my dad was like, why are you doing this? Like, 
Like, what's causing you to do this? And I think I said, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, I'm depressed. And he's like, I think he's like, this isn't you. Like, you're, you're this, getting drunk and doing that. That's not who you are. And, um, and, and that, that, at that party, Cam was there. And I think I embarrassed him a lot because I was this girl that he brought to this party that he liked. And I caused a fucking scene. <laughs> but he kept talking. And I remember, like, thinking, like, he's not going to talk to me anymore. And then he called me, like, the next day and was like, what was that all about? And I told him everything. I remember like, I just, I was like, I, I just, I did a bunch of Coke at school and I like all this shit happened. And he was, and it's funny when I tell people about that, like when I've been like, Oh, I did Coke in high school for a while. A lot of people are like, I cannot see you doing that. (laughs) And he was, and he said that, but yeah, but he, but then me and him, just hung out with each other and he was really just nice to me and treated me like I was really smart. Like he, he treated me like I was someone of value. And then I was working at this job and I was feeling good about myself from there. And so this summer was just like a healing period. And, um, I went to school the next year, my senior year of high school and (laughs) I wish I could say like everything was fine, but it f- totally wasn't. Like I think I should have. I think I should have stopped going to high school after junior year and done running start or something. I think I needed to not go back into that building, and mm-hmm. I think I was just so unhappy there. Um, and <laughs> you asked me before. You're like, do you want to end this at some point? This is, and I don't know where I would end it except that. Just to say what what ended up going on from there is. I suffered through some depression that year and saw a therapist and work some stuff out. But like I went to college, I got it. I did really well in college. I think cause I, no one was making me go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to rebel against when yeah. you're, you're there cause you want to be there. Yeah. Um, I, I did well in school. I got involved in theater Found out I fucking love performing. Yay. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I know. Um, so and I and I didn't go I didn't go to rehab, obviously. I did some therapy. Um I don't know if rehab would have been the best thing for me or not. It wasn't really an option for me, unfortunately. Like, I mean, my parents wouldn't have been able to afford it, no fucking way. But mm-hmm. um therapy was an option, so I got to do some of that. And the problems that made me start doing all that stuff, you know, I still work those out even today, like 10 years later. But yeah, and that's an experience that I carry a lot of shame with and I don't really like to share um, because I feel like I'm afraid of being judged for it, obviously. Um, But that's why this podcast is so fucking cool is because these things I, I, we don't need, I shame exists for a reason, (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) to keep you from repeating things. Yeah. But, um, I don't want to be ashamed or afraid to share this story because it's made me a lot smarter and stronger and self-aware I don't recommend doing these things like finding ways to do cocaine and (laughs) 
um, trying to deal with your issues that way. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I, I don't want to say I don't regret it, but I, I don't, I'm trying not to have shame around it. Like I always have. You wouldn't have ended up in the place you're in now. Yeah. Yeah. Experience hadn't happened. That's, that's a really, that's what I'm trying to say. That's a good way to put that. (laughs) That's, that's more in line with it even. And, but yeah, it's funny, like doing anything positive in my life. Like I got, um, I, in college, I got hired to work in the advising center and I was really proud of that because you had to have a certain GPA mm-hmm. and I interviewed and I was like one out of like six people who got, no, I was sorry. No, six out of like 50 people who applied got hired. And so I was really proud of that. And I remember like when I was working there, I was, I was working with like all these like really, um, these people who had like done well in school their whole lives and done everything right. And whose parents made them do extracurricular activities. <laughs> and I just felt like such an outcast. Like I'm like, Oh my God, I felt like I had this like deep secret that I'm like for some, you know, not deserving of it or like that I'm somehow worse than they are innately. Um, but that's not true. <laughs> it's just not. Um, and my, and I talked to my sister about it. She's, my sister is incredible. She's um, a biochemist at UW. Ooh. Yeah, she's... Um, I hear anyone who, like, professionally does math and science, and I'm like, woof. That's a <laughs> lot of work. I know it is, but she <laughs> loves it, and she's good at it, and she is. she has an even more a path that she deviated from the path way more than I did, like... <clears throat> But she's so, but she's also really successful and knows herself really well. And she says the same thing to me. She's like, yeah, I feel like, um, amongst her peers that she's like somehow not deserving or, or like there's something like that makes her not belong there. And it's that experience she's had, um, that other people don't have. Um, but those experiences don't make us worse. They, they really, I, they just don't, I don't. It's hard. It sounds like I'm being like, fuck up. And then. <laughs> no, it sounds like you're right. <laughs> it sounds Thank like you. you're right. Yeah. Because you are right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right. And if yeah. anyone wants to disagree with us, just, we don't fucking care. You're wrong. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't feel like you would be listening to this in the first place if you were like, bad things make people bad people. <laughs> like, you, you've been wasting. A lot of your time listening to a podcast that says exactly the opposite. Right. I and know. also you're just wrong. So that's <laughs> so, so. the thing that you can work out for yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, too. Like whenever someone is like, we'll be like, oh, that person's a drug addict or that person's a drunk. It's like drug addicts and drunks aren't bad people because they're drug addicts or drunks. Yeah. They're just going through something just like you might be going through something at some point in your life. And maybe that's your repression or your unacceptingness of people. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I would say that's my button. (laughs) Good button. That's a good button. It's very on theme. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much. I, yeah. When I was listening to this, I was like, I want to do what, I want to do this so badly. This has been really, really nice. Thanks so much. Thank you. So there's what you don't do. Yep. (laughs) In a nutshell. But if you have done it, it's fine. It's okay. You're who you are now. And assuming you're not like 
strangling someone at this exact moment, you're probably doing okay. If you are doing that, stop. Stop it. You're wrong. I'm just going to keep yelling at you for being wrong. You're wrong. Stop that. Choose your choices and choose good ones. Yes. But if you end up choosing a bad one at some point, you got every choice after that to make good. Yes. I'm nodding my head very enthusiastically. Yes. Vigorous, vigorous, vigorous. I'm going to swing your head really dramatically toward and away from the microphone so that people can hear the difference in the nodding. Yes. Perfect. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Kaylee, for sharing. Thank you um, for having me. Thank we'll you come, for listening. We'll come back next week and we'll talk to somebody else. Um, hope you all had a good time. Enjoy the week in between. Um, please. Please. Please do. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll you, you'll, you'll hear us later. I almost said we'll talk to you later. <laughs> But that's that's a capacity we still call in. We'll yeah. talk to you. You're kind of talking at them, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. I hope. I hope you feel like you're part of the conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, come back next week. Thanks. Bye.